thanks for joining us for another episode of the Appledore Research Podcast. My name is Robert Curran, Consulting Analyst with Appledore. As ever, we're here to share insights on the transformation of telecom in the era of cloud, network automation, and AI. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Now, enjoy the show. For the best part of 30 years, perhaps longer, telecom software was neatly divided into OSS and BSS. And OSS was nicely split into fulfillment, providing a service, and assurance, making sure that the network was delivering the services as ordered. Older listeners will record that we had a pyramid structure with network elements, each with their own dedicated element management systems, and an overarching network management system, NMS, above that. Things happened in the network. And the job of this hierarchy of systems was to figure out what was really important, what was happening, and what it meant. But then things started to get more complicated. IP appeared, for one thing. Then we had mobile, then the internet, then broadband, then cloud, high-definition TV, Netflix, YouTube. And before you could say service-level agreement, the job of figuring out whether services are performing to spec has become a job for teams of network specialists and a whole host of tools. This doesn't feel like the sort of sleek, bright, modern blueprint for the future of telecom operations. So with me here today to talk about modernizing assurance, I'm very pleased to have Patrick Kelly and Ashley Woods from Sienna Blue Planet. Patrick, I I know you've been a long-time follower of the the service assurance, network and service assurance market. Can you briefly give us an overview of like the state of that market today and maybe some sense of how, how it's evolved over over different generations. Yeah, pleasure to be with you, Robert. Yeah, actually, it's been two decades I've been covering this market, two plus decades. So I've seen a lot of change in the industry and also the supplier landscape, a lot of mergers and acquisitions, et cetera. But I think to answer your question, there is a major pivot occurring today in assurance. Um, effectively, it's a shift away from vertical technology stack management. These would be systems that manage the radio or the IP, optical, uh, DSL domains, et cetera. Um, and I think what's happening is service intent and observability are coming together to uh, bring some advances in the network operational tooling and the systems that get used. And so network observability is something that Appledore has covered for a number of years. For those on the uh, the podcast, it's it's basically what, what observability, network observability does is it it understands the performance of the network uh, inclusive of all of the technology domains. Um, and that kind of gets to the heart of this vertical stack. So it looks at how, you know, how the performance and availability of the network affects services and the customer experience. Um, and mm-hmm. so instead of the focus in the past, if you go back 10 years ago, the focus was on the network um, and not the customer experience. And I think uh, we've seen a shift so okay. I'm seeing shifts in how operators run uh, their operation centers. So this would be more focused, less on the network, more on customer impacts, and then set the okay. tickets that bubble up to the top of that queue. Okay. Um, okay. So those, those customer impacting events are much more important than network failures uh, because we've effectively built resiliency into the network, into the system uh, with architectures like cloud and and what we've seen around virtualization. Uh, the second thing that I'll just talk to you about, just, just broad-based what's changing in the market is 
the ability to actually predict uh, future performance of the network, the ability to look ahead and understand the future performance of the network uh, and how it will impact services or customers. Um, and you and I were talking about uh, hockey legend Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, he skates to where the puck's going to be, not where it's been. And I think that's that's a good analogy on where the industry's headed. So in most network operation centers, really the holy grail is to understand future performance uh, to avoid reacting to network latency, congestion, and, and hard faults. Okay, so so a shift. Uh, you described a couple of different things there. Uh, one is is the whole idea of assurance moving on from uh, really being about you know fault and performance management just from a data point of view, you know aggregation and, and root cause at a network level. And 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 the second thing then is uh, is more of a shift towards towards that service that service focus. Um, to to make more sense of that in uh, customers, and, and the third part I think you mentioned again, extremely important. It's, it's come up at, a, a, at an event I was at this week with, uh, with Mobile Europe. Um, is the whole new prediction side of things, um, which I guess I guess implies you know that ability to I mean predicting a predicting some kind of problem is one thing, but actually being able to do something about it is is another part of the process you you, you can't do anything about it if you haven't predicted it but having predicted it you, you still got to take that that action is that does that all form part of this uh you know a more automation centric perspective rather than just you know managing the network and managing the data that's you know that's running through it um to more of an operational uh, automation imperative is that is that part of what's driving this change or is it uh, is it being driven by by cloud, by five G, by you know different? Yeah, kind of I mean, there's there's the adage you can't um, if you you know you can't um, manage what you can't measure, right? So um, you know, in the context of network observability, which is really where the focus of assurance is moving, you have, for example, active assurance solutions being deployed today. Um, and really what this does is it, cha- it, it changes in the core um, where the network um, software is enabled. Um, so you have deployments using cloud native architecture. Um, this gives you the ability to provide distributed monitoring points that, that will simulate traffic patterns. Uh, that's a fundamental shift on the execution side, what's actually being deployed today. The other thing is the industry's moving to your point, Robert, towards open standards and interoperable solutions to avoid vendor lock-in and and promote some flexibility in choosing and integrating different components of the network. Um, And yesterday's announcement sort of is a proof point, right? We saw strong endorsement by AT&T to change out its primary RAN supplier um, and and go to, you know, potentially another supplier. it's those types of activities that sort of speak to the openness of the network. And obviously assurance needs to play a role there. Um, and I think that role is around network observability and things like uh, network inventory. That's, that's another thing that we could probably talk about is, is network inventory and topology, you know, was really separate of legacy service assurance systems. And what we're seeing now is that's all coming together. Uh, my, my view on it, Robert, is I think the classic assurance products uh, that we know that we've known for the last decade or so, um, you're seeing a, 
emerging, if you will, with inventory and data curation systems. Um, and what that does is it creates a powerful data set to perform things in near real time. So if you look at legacy systems, they used to pull at 15 minute increments and then you'd roll up and, and collect that data that would take hours to interpret. Um, those types of scenarios are no longer useful if you're in a cloud workload environment, for example, where you're orchestrating, activating, and tearing down uh, services, uh, maybe in much shorter timeframes, you know, instead of uh, hours, it's in minutes. So that whole legacy polling-based performance manage management systems and uh, traditional event fault management systems that take a while to process that data, uh, those are no longer relevant in, in this type of in infrastructure. It's, it's essentially like looking in the rearview mirror. So it doesn't really help out network operation uh, folks. Your view is the market is taking on a different a different shape here in some kind of Yeah, transition. and I think we've also, we've had advances, right? Even outside the telco domain. And I think we have to keep that in perspective. So um, if we talk about the ability to do near real-time analysis, um, what it requires is you got to have these time series databases and columnar storage techniques and distributed architectures that scale out to support just massive, massive amounts of data across multiple network domains and device types. Um, and that type of architecture uh, is now available. Uh, those That technology is available to operators and it's also available to suppliers in the marketplace. And that gives you unparalleled visibility and insights that, you know, 10 years ago or even five years ago just were not possible. Hmm. Yeah. Ashley, welcome to the podcast. First time here. You're very welcome. Good to have you. Before we get into into things, can you give listeners a bit of a, an idea what you do at Blue Planet, what your role is, and, and how you got how you got here? Thank you, Robert. Yes, my name is Ashley Wood. So I'm product line manager within Blue Planet, which is a division of Sienna. I have responsibilities for the assurance product line, including analytics. I've been in Blue Planet now for two years. And before that, I was been in other vendors in the OSS space for something like 17 years. And before that, I worked for Vodafone UK um, for 15 years, started on first generation cellular back in the 1980s. Wow. Okay. Quite a, quite a career span. I guess that gives you a you know, particularly good insight into some of the issues we're talking about today in the assurance field. Patrick, in his comments there, mentioned uh, seeing a, a sort of kind of pivot point in the assurance space. I guess, you know, with your with your background and experience, you've really lived multiple types of assurance uh, kind of contexts. Would you agree that we are seeing changes that, that mean a need for something different than, than what we've done before? What's, if so, what's driving that sort of change? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think the conversation is, is moving towards that operators inspire to create a marketplace. They want to create new revenue streams by launching new services faster and being more competitive to the marketplace. I think they also need to focus on attracting, retaining, commanding that premium price by providing that best quality of experience across the network. And they realize that the technology that enables this, you know, a new programmable network is the enabler. And the types of services that they want to offer are no longer static. You know, historically, all services were things like voice, video, data, content deliverable. But going forward, it's all about programmable network, programmable services, new offerings. And then there's disaggregation, there's virtualization, containerization, cloudification, and so forth. And this means that there's a, an explosion in telemetry. So 
if you think about the way operations works today, they are an afterthought in many ways. You know, you roll out the network, you fulfill mm -hmm. services, you throw over the wall to operations. Now, operations, before you bring on board a new service, they spend months basically getting themselves ready in terms of their toolings and technology. But if you think back mm -hmm. to this, this, this vision of operators, if you're going to launch new services quicker to the market, operations has to be onboarded straight away. If the service types are no longer static, but they are dynamic, the classical tools that are kind of hard-coded and configured and maintained are no longer the right solutions going forward. We've changed all the fundamentals, it seems. And so um, the, the assurance aspect has to change as well. I'm interested in, in a couple of things you mentioned there about service launch and onboarding, because there's a kind of horizontal aspect to this as well. I don't mean from an architecture point of view, but, but in terms of process, the in general, the throw it over the wall model, as we colloquially referred to it, really isn't isn't functional anymore. Can you tell me a bit about how you see that part of the process from kind of service onboarding and, and where the assurance part comes into play? Instead of instead of a product appearing and then the ops people being told, right, you, it's your job to just make sure it's running when they maybe haven't had much involvement in it. What are the mechanics of how that's different going forward? Good question. Um, and I think it's really important to also recognize that, you know, um, through the conversations I have with telcos globally around the world, I see a lot of RFIs that those RFIs are really focused on modernizing the assurance platform. And it's all about automation and driven by AI and ML. But as you rightly say, um, it's got to be in combination with performance. So going back to those original KPIs in terms of I want to launch new services and generate new revenue, and it needs to be automatic onboarding just accelerating the existing processes, the existing way of working isn't enough. And this is where the process needs to change looking forward. So that now, instead of reactively throwing over the wall and looking at the telemetry bottom up and fixing problems at the, the network layer, it, the process needs to be onboarded from orchestration. So that when you fulfill a service, at that same time you've done that design of that service, you notify assurance so that assurance understands how those network functions are chained together. It also understands the intent, not only end-to-end, -end, but also per subnet. And then it's the responsibility of the assurance platform to effectively monitor and track compliance to that SLA, that intent. And then it's, it's a bit like the chaos monkeys that you hear about in the data centers. You know, instead of waiting for any problems to be fixed in the network when you detect, um, you know, the SLA is being violated, what you really want to do is say, if the network resources can't be fixed automatically, which is quite often the case for things like hardware failures, fiber failures, localized congestion, and so forth, that what you do is you ask orchestration to basically redesign the next best service. You know, that is technically compliant as, as technically compliant as it can be. And it may be the next best solution in terms of cost. And then that process then goes back to orchestrate, provision that service, and in parallel, assurance Having localized the problem, and this is where AI and ML really come into now, you use that to localize the problems, to accelerate and streamline the processes of troubleshooting, and automatically forwarding those tickets to the right person or system to carry out that resolution accent. This is, this is kind of the, you know, the holy grail, I think, of closed-loop automation and autonomous networks, is these functions, orchestration, assurance, the change on the network, forming multiple nested closed loops, automatically responding, working off the same, the same data set. That, that seems to be 
distinctive. I think when you take away the silo idea and you take away those sort of verticalized stacks, the replacement, the modern replacement is a much more better connected system, much more closed loop automation. Is that how you see that? And, and, and if so, how would you delineate the key elements of that kind of a of an architecture of a solution? What are the what are the big the, what are the big boxes on the on the on the chart in that diagram? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so you're absolutely right in terms of that. The key bit is joining the fulfillment process with the assurance process, so that they're, they're coupled together. Now, obviously, as you fulfill that service, there is a process. So, as as you think about fulfilling that process, that design process that starts off with that intent needs to look at, for example the availability of resources. Where have I got the right resources? Um, also looks at, for example, um, the KPIs across the packet network. You know, what's my things like latency across the network to get me between the resources of the right type that I have? It's also integrating with assurance platform to understand that um, are those resources healthy now? And am I forecasting them to be healthy in the future? And, th and then, as, as we said before, it's really that onboarding process that assurance is onboarded as part of that fulfillment flow that assurance then tracks and monitors those KPIs. But it's not only detecting, you know, issues now that happen now, it's also about forecasting, you know, threats to the SLAs um, and therefore being proactive. So again, operations today is very reactive and human centric. The whole idea is that the onboarding process, the monitoring and in forecasting of the SLA compliance is all becoming automated and proactive. And then, as you said, closed loop, it's about um, focusing on the customer first. So it's highly autonomous, um, service and customer centric, where the intelligence at the, the resource layer, you know, whether that's a resource facing service, the resource layer is also highly automated and the processes streamlined using things like AI and ML. But it's, it's all right, about right. fixing the problem first and then asking operations, you know, the network operations and targeting where they, they fix the network and um, prioritize that based on impact. In, in that modern network, there's so much more going on. There's so many more uh, events, alarms, activities, because by the nature of dynamic networks and services, things are changing all the time. And so the kind of that kind of all in one architecture that you're proposing is a, is an essential consequence of a, a more modern network. So to so operators who are who are virtualizing their network even in, in portion and trying to create more programmability, uh, it, it comes part and parcel of that is is the sort of architecture that you're that you're describing here. It has to be. Um, there is no way to to manage the the deluge of information that's now available um, from from networks. Something that's come up in the last week or so, uh, I was at a conference just this week with um, Telecom Europe uh, in, in London. And the question of you know differentiation and how telcos can differentiate and so on. Uh, I mean, is this also a change, you think, that um, a lot of focus on speed of fulfillment, you know, particularly in the B2B area, you know, how quickly, not 30 days, but three days or one day. It was a very interesting company was talking about that uh, this week. Um, do you think that assurance uh, can also be, again, instead of being a sort of almost a, a kind of cost of doing business uh, for a network business, can it be a differentiator? The kind of things we're talking about here, the kind of architectures and so on, can that be a, a really distinguishing characteristic for operators? Do you think that's something going into the future we'll see once everybody fulfills at the same rate, you know, and it's super fast? Where do you go next? Do you see assurance and assurability as being one of those things that, that could differentiate one operator from another? Yes, absolutely. I think it goes back to those three KPIs, um, because I would say that if you can't 
uh, assure the service to start with you can't uh, you can't launch it you know the two come hand in hand okay. so um so if you can't assure it you can't launch it <clears throat> if you don't provide the best quality of experience you can't differentiate um, and therefore you can't retain and command the premium prices for your service so absolutely um, and then for operations delivered out we talked about the closed loop but the other thing is that you know we talk about this world where there's an explosion in telemetry as you just mentioned that it's all about explainability and therefore operations even when things are highly automated um, there are still going to be times when you need to troubleshoot and explainability is really important so this is where you need a kind of a new approach to assurance as well where you have a unified view um, that's not siloed in different tool sets like FM and PM, but you have a unified view that spans, you know, FM, PM, SQM, SLA management, um, AI and ML um, can see inside the packet network and understand how the traffic's routed across the network. So it's not just about pinpointing to, you know, hey, I've got an interface problem um, or card problem in my packet network, but I understand why the service has degraded, you know, in terms of, you know, the KPIs, maybe loss of latency, as an example. Again, in conversations with your customers, because I'm thinking that they probably span, you know, mobile operators, transport and access networks, fixed line operators, B2B con consumer. What are the things that are that are still distinct from assurance point of view that are still distinct across maybe some of those areas and 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 what things are are really is this all converging? Is there is there a, is there such a thing as a, as a, as a single universal you know assurance architecture? Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of different areas to this. Um this answer. I think there are some unique characteristics to different types of service offerings. Um, so for example, in a passive optical network, um, a lot of the, the access network is, is in its name, passive. It doesn't generate any alarms and events. Um, however, um, you do get failures in, in those devices, as in you know, loosely connected cables, um, uh, broken connectors, um, but it's more about the, the brownouts, the degrades, um, and therefore, you know, this is where AI can help in terms of what we call detecting um, hard to see problems, you know, or silent faults in, for example, a passive optical network. Um, but then there's, I think, you know, you're absolutely right in terms of the way operations have worked um, has always been by, let's say, service type. So you've got service operations that focus on things like voice, video, and data, content delivery. Um, but in this new programmable world, then it's really about a marketplace and you launch any type of service. So there is convergence in that space. And then at the programmable network layer as well, um, if you think about the, the um, everything's in the 5G space is all about network slicing and the promise that network slicing will create um, a, mark, a market for new revenues, new service offerings. Mm. Um, but that programmable network isn't restricted to the mobility domain. You know, um, mm. network slices, whilst focus on mobility can also be applied to um, wireline, whether or not that's enterprises, and maybe one day even residential. So hmm. I, I see it as almost that there is convergence in terms of that the whole industry is moving towards um, a, a programmable network architecture that on top hmm. of that, you fulfill any type of service. Um, and therefore, this silos of, you know, um, access, um, aggregation and core and services, I think there's going to be a lot of convergence in that space. We're talking about modernizing assurance. I think it's it's clear from from your descriptions and Patrick's comments as well. You know, so much is changing uh, with the fundamentals of the network that that it, it makes sense to to reassess 
uh, you know, the assurance space and be thinking much more widely and much, much more deeply about, about how to streamline it, how to make it simpler, but making it simpler means incorporating more of these components together instead of seeing assurance as a, as a stack in its own right, you know, linking it with inventory, linking it with orchestration, seeing the closed loops around that. And, and as part of that, uh, a kind of data architecture that brings together lots of data, not just from any given domain, but but you know ex external sources as well, and and even customer service information, uh, you know, service level information, and and I think you know some of our earlier discussions, that big difference between you know, was fundamentally uh, a kind of bottom up view, uh, you know, seeing assurance as a, as a as an alarm management problem. I, I mean that's one strand to it, but it's a big one. Um, versus assurance from more from a top-down uh, perspective, service uh, service first. Is that kind of how you'd uh, how you'd see that as being distinct here? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's, it's changing that mode of working from being what I call bottom-up, reactive firefighting to top-down customer and service centric. And also, as we jokingly said the other day, um, it's not just about you know accelerating existing processes. I know we talked about the conversation around you know. If Henry Ford had asked his customers what they, they would like, they would have said faster horses. And yeah. in the industry, I do see a lot of RFIs, RFPs that ask for um, assurance to be modernized. Um, and it's driven by the understanding that the existing tools are hard-coded <coughs> and, hard and that they are driven around static processes um, and the, the vision is for everything to be automated and driven by and powered by AI and ML. But I think that will only go so far. I think to be that game changer, to be to enable the operator to um, onboard new marketplace or service offerings that are dynamic um, and differentiated, then assurance and operations need to evolve such that it becomes onboarded automatically from fulfillment orchestration sort of yeah. processes and highly automated in that approach. Actually, that's that's great. You've laid that out nicely. A clear call to operators to really think, be more ambitious, not just get faster horses, but actually look at, it, at this as a, an evolutionary change, a, a step into a new phase. Uh, great. Ashley, thanks very much for your time today. Appreciate it. Thanks you too, uh, Patrick. And uh, we'll be talking again very soon, no doubt. Thank you, Robert. You have been listening to the Appledore Research Podcast. Join us next time for more insights and conversation on the transformation of talent.